It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Quickly to Wall. Wall measures. Deal. Gets open for three. Hey, welcome to the Locked on Wizards podcast. I'm your host, Noah Getzel, and the Wizards had a big win tonight over the Boston Celtics for Thursday. Tonight was the Chicago Bulls. Uh, they beat them 101 to 90. Here to help break down uh, the game is Arthur Renault, Wizards Extra contributor. How's it going, Arthur? Pretty good, although you just broke my heart saying that we beat the Boston Celtics, because we should have, <laughs> but we were one arm's length away from winning, unfortunately. Yeah, I still don't know if that was a foul. It was a very touch call, but you know, Kyrie doesn't <sighs> usually airball threes, so you gotta. You know, I guess the the play did affect him, but anyway, that loss is behind the Wizards, that OT heartbreaker, and it's time to move on for this one-game winning streak. Looking good, huh? Uh, looking good, but I don't know, feeling well just because of how many players went down and due to uh, Bobby Portis and his brawl yeah. at United Center. So, Wizards lost not one, but two point guards, and they only have three on the roster. So, they lost two tonight due to Bobby Portis. Uh, In, when was it? Uh, The second quarter, early in the second quarter, Tim Frazier took a knee to his face from Bobby Portis. He had a bloody forehead and ended up leaving the game. He'll probably be out for a little bit with a nasal fracture. Um, Of course, John Wall's already out on crutches. He probably won't be back until... The end of March, and then at the end of the game, the hero of the night, Tomas Sadoransky, who set a new career high with 25 points, uh, he was going up for a dunk and got slammed on his way down, um, hit his head on the hardwood, and then he was bleeding out of his ear a little bit. Uh, he couldn't attempt that free throw, the free throws afterwards, so he left the game with two minutes, 35 seconds left in regulation, and so basically the Wizards started the game with two point guards, ended with none. How serious are, are these these injury issues? Uh, let's let's talk about some of the other injuries going on with the Wizards, and we'll get to this in our next segment about uh, you know how how big a deal this is and who needs to be signed. But Markeith Morris out with the flu. Jan Mahimni played a little bit. He played uh, let's see six minutes, so not much at all. And then he yeah. left the rest of the game with the flu as well. Uh, Morris also has a swollen hand. And then you've got Frazier who, I don't know, you see players playing with masks and broken noses, but he's out as well. John Wall's out for a while. Who knows how serious this head injury is for Tomas Sadoransky. 
would be a huge hit if he can't go. But <laughs> there's a lot going on in terms of the Wizards. It looks like a, a battlefield out there tonight. Yeah, definitely. But it, it, I mean, you never wish to have any injuries. But with the amount that we suffered tonight, it's a good thing that our next game isn't until Wednesday night. And although it's against the Knicks, you know, they're going through their own injury woes as well. Mm-hmm. Although they were a little bit more active through the trade deadline than we were. So they'll have bodies at least. Um, so we'll, we'll find out what they end up, what the wizards end up doing before Wednesday night. Um, hopefully Sadoransky didn't suffer a concussion. Right. Uh, obviously, like you mentioned, Tim Frazier could play with a mask, you know, unless obviously it's a lot worse than first reported. But uh, yeah, Definitely a lot to look forward to. And my first thought also when, when that knee hit uh, Frazier's face was concussion too because it's just a, yeah. a giant blow to the head. And, you know, broken nose yeah. is worse. You'll probably be out longer than concussion. But we'll see what happens there. Um, we're about to dive in a little bit deeper to talk about how this uh, Wizards-Bulls game finished up. It looked like the Wizards were in control for most of it, but the Bulls kept coming back and knocking on the door. So we're going to get into... Uh, you know, how the Wizards were able to slip away victorious here in Chicago. We'll be right back to recap that game for you on the Locked On Wizards podcast. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, we're back with the Locked On Wizards podcast. I'm Noah Getzel, and we've got Arthur Renault from Wizards Extra here to join us. Arthur, can you tell everyone where to find and follow you on Twitter? On Twitter, I am at District Mamba. Cool. And then you can find me, Noah underscore Getzel, and make sure to follow the Locked On Wizards and Wizards Extra accounts. Extra, if you don't know by now, it has no E, it's just X-T-R-A. So, huge night for Tomas Sadoransky as the Wizards uh, won by 11 over the Bulls. He had 25 points, and he couldn't miss. 10 of 12 from the field, 5 of 6 in three-point land, which has been his struggle uh, last year. He's really stepped up this year. I think he's shooting like 47% from deep. He also had six assists, two steals, and three rebounds in 37 minutes. How big of a lift was uh, having Tomas stepping in? He's He's been great, you know, throughout the past six, seven, seven games since Wall got injured. Uh, how, how good is it to see him, you know, having another career high and picking up for Bradley Beal, who had an awful shooting night once again? Yeah, it's honestly a godsend. I mean, so many of these games, obviously, when Wall goes down or any of our big three with uh, Wall, B or Porter go down, you just assume that the other two will take over and they'll be leading the team in assists and points and steals. But once again, I, I would assume, I think it's maybe the second time, but Beal struggles to shoot the ball. And at any point, if we... If we were sitting in a room and we were like, Bradley Beal is going to score seven points on the road and the Wizards are going to win by 11. Uh, Not sure anybody would believe you at this point with our bench unit and being down Marquise Morris, being down Yannimi. 
Uh, honestly, Sadoransky might be saving our season. I, mm. I think that's how big of an impact he's making. Even in the games where he might not necessarily score a bunch, like the home game against OKC where it was more defensive effort, uh, he's definitely controlling the game, and he's kind of establishing himself, more so tonight, hitting a career-high six three-pointers as an off-ball option, you know, an option that can play the two spot, and not necessarily in a traditional way where it'll be like your shooting guard, but kind of just like a spot-up three-point shooter, which sometimes the Wizards, that's all they need. They just need someone standing by the three-point line that can knock it down while like Wall, Beal, or sometimes even Porter create, mm-hmm. um, which is really great to see, especially considering you know that the Wizards look like they're interested in a backup point guard, uh, or not a backup point guard, but another point guard in this buyout market. Um, so I, I feel like that's what they're leaning towards. They're probably noticing Sadoransky is you know developing his three point shot. I think his three point percentage is up to. 44 percent which is a lot higher than i thought was going to be uh his attempts are uh have tripled since earlier this year gone from like 1.7 per game to 4.2 and you know that is fantastic to see and the fact that it's been going on for this entire stretch since uh wall's been down from just a quick glance he has attempted at least two threes in all but two games since Wall has been down. So definitely being more aggressive, more active, and, I mean, shooting 44%, that is a godsend. Mm -hmm. And according to NBA.com, I'm not sure if it accounted for this last game, but he's shooting 48.3%. That's leading the Wizards. Next up is uh, Mike Scott, 42%, and then Otto Porter at 41 Beal is down to, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, sixth on the Wizards shooting 36%. Of course, he'll participate in the three-point shooting contest uh, next Saturday. But it's all about confidence and also just getting quality shots. The threes he's taking aren't, you know, Bradley Beal crossover step-back threes. He was wide open in the corners for those. And it comes down to ball movement again because the Wizards had, let's see, 38 field goals and 31 of them were assisted so that just goes to show you know how well they're moving the ball wizards made 12 three-pointers uh five of them came from tomas sadarensky uh there were some really awful nights uh as you mentioned beal was just three of 13 he didn't reach double figures i don't think that's happened all year Ubre was terrible shooting the ball too he went three of 14 and he missed basically he missed uh seven of his 10 three-pointers the bench really stepped up for the Wizards, 38 points out of 101. Uh, Jason Smith had some good energy in the fourth quarter. He scored seven points. Um, Mike Scott, 14 points off the bench. And then the forgotten man, Jody Meeks, came through with another double-digit performance. Um, he made four of six shots. So it, it's really the next-man-up mentality, and it's good to see yep. that the Wizards aren't overly reliant on Bradley Beal uh, in this stretch where John Wall has been absent, uh, and it seemed like for many of the games where Wall and Beal were playing together, they were taking way too high a percent of the Wizards' shots, the offense was stagnant, and it just didn't really look like good team basketball. So I think that's what 
Tomas Sadoransky can add a little bit, even though Wall is, you know, one of the best leading assessment assessment in the whole NBA. It just seems like a more fluid and European style offense with uh, Sadoransky at the helm. Would you agree? Oh, definitely. Yeah. And I mean, the everybody eats mantra, which is sticking uh, is pretty much what's going on. Uh, you nailed it with, you know, how Beal and Oubre combined for six of 27, uh, three of 17 from three. They mm-hmm. took 17 three-point attempts between the two, uh, whereas, you know, Mike Scott took six, made two. Meeks took two, made one. Frazier made – I feel like Frazier is averaging one three-pointer a game. and He just seems to knock down like a very random three-pointer where – you know, you're just sitting back and there's nothing really going and he launches it and somehow he makes it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a very interesting uh, development with the Wizards. Um, Jason Smith, I feel like, came in during a crucial part of the game. I think it was, was it, were, were all his minutes in the fourth quarter? Was it like right off the... I think he only played in the fourth quarter. Let's see. Yeah. He had, yeah, I mean, sure. he only played uh, eight minutes tonight. Well, no, yeah. he couldn't. He must have played some in the third quarter too, because he didn't play. I'm not sure. I know Mahimni was out. Uh, I'm not quite sure when Gortat replaced him in the in the fourth quarter, but he he yeah. definitely had six points in the fourth and had a good spark. Yeah, yeah, definitely, and that just you know pays tribute to how he's always ready. Mm-hmm. Um, you hear that a bunch. Uh, I think it was Drew Gooden the last time he was on the uh, telecast mentioned how Jason Smith stays ready, um, and that's really great to have. You know, in these cases where your backup option, you know, goes down, you can just come in and just casually drain three jumpers. Mm-hmm. Um, just really wish that, you know, we could find a way to kind of like plug them in sometimes. Because, I mean, it's always good to have a change of pace. You know, yeah. is uh, more of a finesse pick and roll. And, you know, Mahimi is more of like a package. And he's like a luggage, you know, mm-hmm. like stone feet. But, you know, having Jason Smith to spread the floor, just the threat of that enough should, like, loosen up the defenses. But, you know, he seems to have I, – I personally think he has some bad luck sometimes when he plays with some of the fouls and the turnovers and the miscommunication on defense. But, yeah, it's always great to have a, a great third option. Cortot had a solid game tonight. Come on, give him some credit. He didn't shoot incredibly well, three for eight, but he had six points – nine rebounds, five assists, three steals, and a block. Just one turnover. So I know you're a hater of him, uh, but <laughs> yeah, with, no, with the I limited really, centers, you know. He, I wasn't he, really he referring to tonight. I mean, okay. in, you know, in my opinion, it was the Sadoransky show. And yeah. then, like, you know, Mike Scott and Jason Smith, I would say, are the three standouts. What, what does kind of always catches me off guard is when I look and Otto Porter played 30 minutes. Um, mm-hmm. He seems to always play the least amount of minutes out of any of the starting five. I uh, have to think that it has to do with his hip injury oh, or yeah. he took you know, the fact that too. he played 40 minutes. He took, I can't remember what quarter it was, but he, he uh, fell on his side. And every time he falls nowadays, it looks like he's grimacing. As I mentioned before, even when he's just strolling around the locker room after games he, he really doesn't look healthy in terms of the way he, he walks and the look on his face uh he you know he's mentioned that he's not healthy but he's fighting through it and you know getting all the treatment he can he's he's pretty much a shell of himself this season and 
all the activity, all the offensive rebounds, all the steals. He's still fighting through the injuries, but he's not that that energizer bunny spark plug that he used to be when he was, you know, 100%. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely true. If only there was a way. I mean, thankfully, the, you know, the Wizards have one more game before the All-Star break, so um, with four days off, and then, what is it, another four days off? Longer. Um, I think, um, so the Wizards play next Wednesday against the Knicks, and then... I believe the following oh, wow. Wednesday is when they play the Cavaliers, but I'd have to yeah, double-check that. Yeah, they play Thursday. Thir- okay, yeah. yeah. Wow, yeah. so from Sunday through Thursday. I mean, nobody's really going to play <laughs> during the All-Star weekend. But, right. So, yeah, that's eight days off, is that right? Wednesday through the following yep. Thursday? That'll be a nice you know, break. So Two games in basically two weeks. Mm-hmm. Surprisingly, the Wizards had five guys in double figures tonight, um, even though they only shot 46%. So it was uh, Sadoransky with 25, Porter had 14, Mike Scott had 14, and then Oubre, despite his awful shooting, he got 11. Meeks also added 10. Um, the Bulls had an even distribution of scoring. They had seven guys in double figures, but the Wizards held them to 42.5% and just 9 of 32 from beyond the arc. That's 28%. Uh, yeah, so, they, so they, missed some, they missed some wide-open looks as well. Um, I... I remember them talking a lot about Laurie Markinen and yeah. he missed a, he was one of eight from three and I would say more than half of those were pretty wide open. So it's a pretty, uh, you know, it's kind of a balance of, you know, good defense, but also some luck and, you know, it doesn't hurt that the Bulls played last night and Zach Levine, who I think dropped like 40 points last night, doesn't play back to backs. So uh, once again, going on with the, uh, not not something I'm playing. Uh, I'm trying to credit too much, but just putting some perspective in the wins that the Wizards are gathering that seem to right. you know come at the hand of you know an opposing team that's not playing to its full uh, you know potential. As in, like a few players are out, or in this case, like Zach Levine was out um, due to his back to back can't play back to back games. So. Not to discredit anything, of course, but it's just something to keep in mind, especially for those that, you know, want to convince themselves that this team is better without Wall. It's just, you know, crazy talk. Yeah, that was, that was a thriller last night uh, between the Bulls and Timberwolves who engaged in that trade over the offseason. Um, and it was one, the Bulls climbed away to win 114 uh, 113. So obviously they'd be winded after a fourth quarter full of drama like that. And as you mentioned, uh, Zach Levine had 35 uh, points to lead the Bulls. They were going up against Jimmy Butler, who had 38. So, yeah. tough, tough. definitely, you know, a little bit winded. The, the Wizards had two days off, so a little bit less less so. But, of course, they're, they're undermanned and had some more injuries tonight. But a win's a win. Uh, coming up, we're about to talk about whether the Wizards should add someone else who was a legend for the Bulls while he was healthy, a former MVP Derek Rose. So stay tuned. We'll talk about how the Wizards are going to address their, their shorthanded roster and lack of point guards in just a sec here. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, 
Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Wizards podcast. Once again, I'm your host, Noah Getzel, and we're joined by co-host Arthur Renault. And so the Wizards beat the Bulls tonight, uh, but faced a, a flurry of injuries. Um, one of the positions that everyone thought they'd be good on heading into the, the trade deadline that um, uh, Candace Buckner of the Washington Post had mentioned uh, the Wizards might be at, trying to add another point guard in free agency. That was kind of a head-scratcher for me at first because they had three point guards. Of course, Wall is injured, but shooting guards seemed like more of the position to retool at given Jody Meeks' struggles. But anyways, point guard is going to be you know definitely a position where they, they'll need some another man here because uh tim frazier broke his nose tonight and who knows how long that'll keep him out hopefully he can play with a face mask or something like that but are the wizards officially in need of another point guard in terms of the free agent buyout uh signings arthur i would say you know with two open roster spots um i think ideally i would prefer them to find you know a backup two guard, but with Marco Bellinelli, looks like he's going to sign with the Sixers, and Joe Johnson looks like he's going to sign with the Rockets. Mm-hmm. It seems like that market is a little thin. Um, I, I think now with these, you know, backup point guards going down, I think it wouldn't hurt to look at Derrick Rose. My initial concern, and I had you know tweeted out if I was because I, I, I went on Twitter as soon as I saw that. Derrick Rose was a name that was coming up for uh, the Wizards that it, it seemed like a lot of people were excited about the opportunity. Um, and, you know, obviously pointing at that Derrick Rose would be an upgrade over Frazier and Meeks. Um, but I I was, like, like, I did not react that way. I thought it was the complete opposite, mainly because, yes, you do have the potential of him, you know, having some explosive nights and, you know, when healthy, which on this team, he wouldn't be playing 40 minutes. He wouldn't be playing even 30 minutes. He'd right. probably be averaging around 20 minutes. Um, you know, the risk of injury goes a little bit down, you know, the last time you play. But I, I, I was just concerned more so about the locker room issues and maybe like the, you know, the drama that always seems to pursue him everywhere he goes, regardless of, you know, if he's the star of the team or he's just another role player. So like on the Knicks, you know, he had some issues and then on the Cavaliers, he had, you know, the whole disappearing for a game and oh, yeah. nobody knew where he was. That happened and, with the Knicks too. Yeah. And he wanted Family to quit basketball. Or something. So we oh, don't yeah. need two of those players that want to quit basketball midway through, you know, a season. Who else? So, Who else wants to quit? Oh, Gortat. Gortat with his early <laughs> retirement uh, talk, but I'm just, at least Martel just, Webster is gone, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, but at least you know, I don't think Martel Webster had that much of an impact on the on the locker room. But yeah. um, it, it just after Derrick Rose, you know, tonight it was reported. I think I saw Ben Standig reported first. Uh, Candace Buckner confirmed that the Wizards are uh, looking at Ramon Sessions and Donald Sloan. And those two are just like, really? Like, if it's going to be between the three of them, Rose, Sessions, Sloan, I say go after Rose because at least there's some, you know, some 
potential for explosiveness, you know, for a 20-point game or a 25-point game. Can you believe and, that Ramon Sessions is only 31 years old? He, I thought he was way more ancient. Honestly, that does surprise me. I was going to say, I was going to actually ask, like, what his age was, because yeah. I didn't think it was going to be anything, <laughs> you know, close to the late 20s, early 30s. But, yeah, so it, it's, I would personally rather get a bunch of wings, you know, either look at the G League or, you know, pursue, we just wait out to see how the market plays out, because, I mean, there are some names out there, like Tony Allen that could become available. Uh, Pipe Dream, but Vince Carter could become available. Ooh, like those, nice fit. Those, those type of players are, are some that I'd be interested in, just because you can never have enough wings, and the Wizards have, I would say, two. One, Well, if you count Zadaransky potentially being a third wing, then you have three. One in Porter has hip injuries. Right. The other, Kelly, Kelly Oubre, is like a perfect option because i mean so far there's nothing really to you know hold him back but then sadaransky you know the first time he we tried experimenting with him not being a point guard it didn't go so well but you know who knows what could happen this time around you know once wall comes back but i would prioritize you know wings and maybe a backup two guard but so let's assume that tim frazier's out two weeks with this broken nose i don't know how long it takes to recover from that but let's let's say he's gonna okay let's say he comes back you know, two thursdays or next thursday against the the Cavs. i don't know if it would be that early but would you be satisfied with sadaransky and bradley beal playing backup point guard and maybe frazier giving himself i don't know playing a little bit you're you're fine with that being the point guard rotation for the Wizards until Wall's healthy again? I had I had mentioned that, you know, I, I didn't mind so much Tim Frazier running point because, I mean, he accomplishes what, a, uh, you know, a coach wants, you know, the point guard to do, push tempo, move the ball around. His it's defense just, is kind of weak. His defense is weak and also, at the same time, although he pushes tempo and, like, picks up assists, like, he's kind of a liability on offense as well, just because there's so many times where he has an open shot or, you know, it's just, I don't know, like, he's just, like, hesitant to shoot, and that becomes a problem because, you know, then the ball just keeps moving, and then, you know, you just have to chuck something up. But he's not going to play in the playoffs, mm-hmm. you know, assuming Wall comes back, you know, healthy. The only reason that you bring in, you know, a, a third point guard, or like in this case, like a fourth point guard, when all healthy, is if you think Wall's not going to be ready for the playoffs, or it's going to take him a while, or to make him more comfortable to like take his time to come back. So there's a lot of questions, and unfortunately, the people that will be in charge of the answers uh, might you know, just do something for the sake of doing something. But thankfully, it won't cost Kelly Oubre or a first-round pick. So mm-hmm. at the same time, I don't really care because I don't think this player that we pick up is going to play meaningful minutes um, in the playoffs. You know, it's not going to be like a Will Bynum situation from yeah. a couple years ago. But when we'll you, find out. When you mention wings who could become available on buyouts, uh, you mentioned Tony Allen and Vince Carter. You know, Tony Allen would be a godsend because of his defense, Vince Carter, his, you know, awareness of the game, his background and his three point shooting would, would be incredibly beneficial for the wizards as well. Replacing, uh, 
Jody Meeks. Do you think there's any possibility that these guys become available, or are they just pipe dreams? Do you know the situation? Um, I I don't know if they're if they are pipe dreams, but I just see their names come up on like a list of potential buyouts. So it's all potential right now. The ones that are up for grabs do seem like they're kind of picking and choosing their spots um, already before they're even officially you know available. Um, so it'll be interesting to see like what that, that's why I'm saying the Wizards should like let it play out a little bit, especially with this you know one game before the all-star break um, coming up, they should just let, you know, the market kind of open up and also see where it goes. Cause I mean, I think there's going to be players available, you know, obviously the quality won't be that great, but at the same time, you don't need a point guard necessarily, but you do need, you know, some wing depth. You can never have enough of that, mm-hmm. especially in today's NBA. So so, who would you prefer, Derek Rose or Ramon Sessions, if the Wizards are to sign another point guard? Uh, like I mentioned, I think Derek Rose. Uh, yeah. I would just be really, um, I don't know what the word is, concerned, I guess. I'd be really concerned about what his influence will be in the locker room, you know, considering we already have like some tension going on and you're going to bring, it, it won't be an Isaiah Thomas situation. No, I don't think. I didn't but at know. The same time. I didn't actually know that uh, Derek Rose was toxic to locker rooms. I know that he's had issues of going missing and being disinterested after injury and concerned of whether he's going to play basketball anymore. But I didn't know if he's ever had beef with teammates or, or you know, yeah, brought up any I, of those I don't, issues. I don't. I don't think he's had beef with teammates. And mine is more of that mentality, like the. Yeah. Like, do I want to play today? Like, I, I don't know. I just, when I think of Derrick Rose, I kind of just think of someone that's like, I don't know. Like, his personality doesn't read off as someone that, like, is a good locker room presence. I don't know. This is just, obviously, all speculation. I've never met him. I've, mm-hmm. I don't think I've ever been to a game where I've been close enough to, like, even, like, check out what he's up to. But it's just, you know, the... Everywhere he goes, there's been something that happens. Of course. So, yeah, there's a lot of yeah. risk involved. No right. doubt about it. Um, especially when you have injured point guards. You don't want to necessarily bring in someone else who's had so many injuries in his career. The past three years, though, until this year where he only played 16 games, he's been pretty solid for the, the Knicks and the Bulls. Um, like in 2016-17, he averaged 18 points a game along with uh, four assists. He's not really much of an assist guy since that first knee injury. He hasn't averaged more than five. But the the years since he's come back, let's see, so three seasons. In 2013-14, after his ACL tear, he only played 10 games. But the next three seasons, he played at least 51 games, averaged 17.5 points, 16.5, and then 18. He's just averaging 10 points this year and not too many minutes. Uh, 20 minutes a game in the, in the games that he has played. But, I mean, right. so if, that's if the Wizards are that here. shorthanded, there's, you know, if you can sign this guy for a veteran's minimum or whatever, give it a shot. In my mind, I would I would give, uh, you know, I'd take a chance on Derrick Rose, assuming that he's probably not going to have any contribution in the playoffs. He's a good temporary right. Band-Aid. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, as, as you mentioned, if those three are my options... I just don't want both of them, you know, for whatever reason, if it's like, oh, we need two now, you know, to fill up those roster spots, I would hate that. If it's like Derrick Rose and Donald Sloan or 
sessions and Sloan, like that would just be terrible. Um, knee jerk reaction, unless like, you know, Frazier's out for the year. But at this point, I think Chris Miller just reported that Tim Frazier is likely going to have surgery mm-hmm. on his nose. Oh, wow. Um, so, I mean, I don't know anything about nose surgeries, but I'm assuming that they can play. It's just an extreme risk because if you get touched there again, then that can be an issue. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So we've got one more game before uh, the All-Star break. What do you want to see, if anything, this final week um, before we get the, the, the week off and the, and the break? Uh, the Wizards are playing the New York Knicks, without Porzingis, who's got the ACL tear, um, this Wednesday? It always feels like the game, or a couple games, definitely the game right before the All-Star break, the Wizards seem to lay an egg, and mm-hmm. it's always it always seems like, you know, Wall, at, until this year, Wall is, like, just ready to go to the All-Star break to, like, have fun and, like, party it up and, you know, wherever the, I think a couple years ago it was in New York, Mm-hmm. Like, who doesn't want to go to New York for a weekend to be famous and, you know, live like royalty? But it always seems like the Wizards as a as a group just shut down the game before the All-Star break. So I really hope they don't do that this year because you have to take care of business against these teams like the Bulls and the Knicks. Absolutely. And, like, the Hawks, especially now. And you're you're proving that you can. I mean, they're they're taking care of business regardless of who's suiting up for the team so you know i'm trying to pull up the schedule for the wizards after the all-star break i know we have uh cleveland thursday night which is going to be a really good test especially with you know their revamped uh, roster but afterwards we play charlotte who we struggled with mm-hmm. we have too. the sixers at milwaukee they just beat first us golden state haven't beaten the bucks <laughs> yet nobody beats the warriors ever <laughs> versus uh Wait, we've beaten the Bucks twice, I think. No, I think we lost them every game this year so far. Really? I could have, I could have sworn we won maybe the first matchup. I think Giannis like took over in the fourth quarter, and the Wizards. That was the game where um, Delvadova and Beal got into a fight, and uh, Delvadova gotcha. got kicked out. I'm pretty sure the Wizards ended up losing that one. Right. So you know, after Golden State, we have Toronto, and then we have you know. I think, oh, no, no, after Golden State is the end of the month. And then we have Toronto, Indiana, Miami, New Orleans, Miami, Minnesota. All those games against playoff teams, I think. New Orleans is still that high ranked? Well, yeah, it's a tough schedule no matter what. They're they're, they're dropping for sure, but I think they're still technically in. Yeah, man, it doesn't get any easier. March is a tough month. Anyways, I'm looking way ahead, but yeah, you have to take care of these games. You know, you can't have these letdowns where, you know, you're looking forward to your vacation and you just give up, but we'll find out what happens. A lot of home games, luckily. Uh, Yeah, a lot of home games. Um, You know, I I think I I missed the Indiana game, but I know Oladipo was out 
Mm-hmm. Um, but he like massacred Kyrie Irving last night, I think. Um, so it looks like he's having a really great year. But yeah, March is looking like a hell of a month, especially with a trip to San Antonio, which is as automatic of a loss as any game on the schedule in the Wizards' history. I think we haven't won there since 99, I want to oh, wow. say. That's a good stat to pull out of your back pocket. It's Glad been, it's been a while. I in my fanhood of the Wizards, which is, you know, the Jordan, the first Jordan year, because that's, you know, probably when I started liking basketball. Mm-hmm. Like, I have never seen the Wizards win in San Antonio. So, yeah, what about it's going to be Brad- a tough month. What about that Bradley Beal um, three at the buzzer? It's in our intro session segment. Um, I think oh, yeah, that yeah, was, yeah, no, yeah I think that was in San Antonio. Oh, my bad. Okay. Yeah, I forgot in San Antonio, we have not won. All right. Well, the Wizards will have a tough road ahead. Uh, hopefully they can get a little bit healthier and at least take care of business in New York uh, the last game before the All-Star break. Arthur, we're probably going to have you again coming up this week, I believe. Hopefully. Yeah. Do it, man. Hopefully reacting to uh, Bradley Beal winning a three-point championship because he, for some reason, I have a gut feeling he's going to win that thing and it's going to piss me off even more. Clay Thompson's <laughs> in it. Uh, I think uh, Eric Gordon. Is Eric Gordon back in it? I've got Kyle Lowry, Paul George. Um, What'll piss you off, though? A little bit, yeah, just because isn't his three-point percentage really low like around 38 percent 34 percent i think it's not that bad when you're the star of a team (laughs) and everyone knows you're a great three-point shooter like same thing happened to Otto porter once he was leading the league in three-point shooting people are like all right you've got to close down on him in the corners and so obviously once you get more awareness your percentage isn't going to go up okay he's at he's at 37 percent oh my god that's dreadful how many threes would you make a game in the nba arthur I have no idea, but but let's let's give some credit. You know, this is an often debated topic, especially because I I'm a certified Gortat hater. Like that is right. no, but I'm also a a very hard critic of Bradley Beal, and it's always you know either he fumbles the ball in clutch time. How many times has that happened this year? And also, how many wide-open threes does he miss? He always makes the beautiful step-backs, the, the crossing over, you know, a big man, like LaMarcus Aldridge, speaking of that game-winner mm-hmm. against San Antonio, and that step-back. But the wide-open threes, I, I just don't, I don't understand. With a jump shot that pure, like, I know eventually one day it's going to click, and he's going to shoot, like, 42% from three-point range, and I'm going to be happy. But right now, it's you know he was kind of progressing from year to year, and this year is kind of a decline. He was at forty percent, close to forty one percent last year. He's at thirty seven now. But I'm I don't not know. that concerned because even though he's just like last year, he's averaging twenty three points a game. His role in the offense, given John Wall has missed what eighteen games or something, he's much more important. He's the superstar of the team, and so he faces a lot more defensive pressure. And the dude's only 24 years old. He's going to figure it out. He's already an all-star. I understand his three-point shooting percentage is is down, what, just two, maybe three points from last year when he shot 40%. But, I mean, yeah, he's got a pure jumper. He doesn't hit all of his free throws either. He shoots like 79%, I believe, something like that. He's at, yeah. 
I'll give him credit because I mean, I feel like a lot of the the major misses are in the fourth quarter, and they're just tired legs. Like, how many times does he short arm a three point shot? Like, it happens a lot, and it has to do. It probably correlates with the amount of minutes he's played. He's played, I think, four forty minute games in like the last six games. No, that's not right. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. He's played four forty minute games in the last seven. So, tired legs. I don't blame him. You know, that's why we need a backup, too, so that he can be fresh in that fourth quarter and get all his legs under him. Speaking of tired legs, I'm sure our listener, listeners are getting some tired ears now. It's been over 40 minutes, so <laughs> let's give Sounds them a break. <laughs> and we'll be back tomorrow for our Tuesday morning Locked On Wizards podcast. Stay locked in and keep following us on Twitter. Thanks so much, Arthur. We'll be talking to you real soon. Have a good one, everyone. What's really good with you, fam? Number 21 is You're not gonna let me in the club? Can't let you go, man. You can't even drink my liquor. Yo, yo, yo. Now it's downtown clubbing, ladies' night. Seen Shorty, she was crazy, right? And I approached Baby Light. Ma, what's your age and type? She looked at me and said, You's a baby, right? I told her, I'm 18 and live a crazy life. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.